start streaming again. Let's see if YouTube's going to pick this up. And we are, I think, live? Hold on. Almost. Almost. Are we there? I got the pinwheel. I, we're live. Oh, the, the pinwheel. <laughs> So where where were every every, every tech person's like, worst enemy? <laughs> where where were we when we left off? Uh let's see. Uh this is what tech will do. <laughs> no, That's terrible. Fine. It was what five minutes ago, and I'm already like I don't know. <laughs> well, we we discussed like automation and the Rust Belt and like various stuff related to robotics and AI, like eating industries and changes, trying to use video to get people to adapt and change because they don't want to. Um, Then we talked about massage education, particularly in schools, and we feel like it's it's not quite kept pace, but I really think most industries haven't kept pace. Like everything is changing so fast, it's hard for them to keep up. That's true, that's absolutely true. You see, well, I mean, you see, you think about all the stuff that Amazon has done. I mean, it used to be the the ultra villain was uh, was Walmart. Yeah, and it's like now it's 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 just changed. It's like Amazon is you know, there's nothing that I can't order or at least don't check on Amazon first. And one of the places, one of my favorite businesses that I love to patronize um, is Costco. But yeah. I'm seeing them be swallowed up by some of this stuff because you can't order anything like online. Like right now, it's like you have to go there to get it. Yeah. And they don't offer any of the stuff. And I love them. I love them as a company, but it's very hard for me to support them because they don't, they're, they're missing this part of their business, like yeah. that online part. And even Walmart's caught up with this. But not to delve, I don't want to, I don't mean to keep taking it in all these other industries, but massage is the same thing. Like my first, my first thing with those robots, I was telling my wife, is like, I want one so I can do two person sessions. Yeah. I'd be on one end and that robot will be on the other end and we can like stretch somebody across the table. Yeah, there, it, 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 it gets to the point where the technology is breaking down you know, so something as simple as agriculture. I think we can say that agriculture led to civilization. So what happens when you have another agricultural revolution that's like robotics and automated? Yep. Like it's so pivotal to the way that we deal with things. It's like I tell people, I hold up my phone. I'm like, this is going to do more than the printing press ever did. And the printing press led to nation. Like it, it, it changed the world, right? You know, information distribution, history and like the power of. Yeah. Yeah. Technological disruption. I mean, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like one of those, uh, like an industry term, but it really is. It has, it has power to tear things up and sometimes it tears them up. Before even you know people realize what's happening. I mean, you look yeah. at like Uber and Uber Eats. Yeah. I mean, it, it changes things quickly. Yeah. I, and I think when we were, what we were talking about was like agriculture and like not having to work. I'm like, I don't. I honestly don't know what would happen to people if they suddenly didn't have to work. Like, I think some people would just literally go a little crazy because I don't know. We're so work oriented. 
and work driven and like, yeah. what's the next, you know, what's my next step is that, and that's one of the things why I'm in massage is because I just enjoy that. I just yeah. enjoy the shit out of it. Um, but, I mean, there's so many things where, you know, do, do restaurants think that restaurants are going to go out of business because people learn to cook? Right. Well, and have you have you heard of ghost kitchens? Uh-uh. What's that? That's crazy. So a ghost kitchen, and they're, they're kind of – Uber was actually testing this out, um, or Uber Eats, is that instead of like a restaurant where you would go and sit down, you would have a centralized kitchen that would, say, produce Mexican food. And you would have another one be Italian. And what they would do is provide a hub surface or a service based on those cuisines. So no longer a branded food. So no Taco Bell, just Mexican food through Uber Eats. And you could have like really high-end chefs down to like encompassing everything from I want to pay a lot for my meal down to I want a 99 cent taco and have one kitchen produce it all. all. Yeah. And then have Uber, Uber Eats delivering or drones, you know, who knows? Yeah, it, it's and hard. If I was a restaurant owner, I would be, I would be a little, I would be a little worried about that, or at least, you know, yeah. checking into it. I mean, I, I think in our industry to bring it home, I think um, some of the stuff I, I battle, and and I think online education is growing at a ferocious pace, and it's not just because of COVID; it's just because of the technology and what it allows. The stuff I'm doing online is more innovative than what I was doing in person. And I can give people access to the recordings after the fact. They, I keep hearing therapists say, well, I, I, I don't learn online. And I'm like, guys, it's no longer online and in person. They're the same now. Get, get, six, get six therapists in your living room and work with us as part of our CE party. And they're like, what? But I don't understand. I'm like, listen, one person pays. Everybody can enjoy. I don't care. And they're like, oh, my yeah. God, are you kidding me? And I'm like, why? And that's, Why would that's I hold exactly on? The, that's, this, this is mine. <laughs> you got no. me. I, it, it, yeah. it really is. It comes from a, uh, to, to, to quote some wellness stuff, it comes from a, from a scarcity mindset. They think there's like a finite amount of pie, and there really isn't. You just make your own pie. Yeah. Like, there is no big pie that you're taking a slice out of. You're just making your own. That's yeah. all it is. Just d so. diversification. I mean, one of the smartest things I ever did years ago is I, I made that first workbook and we had a PDF. It was the first time I ever wrote something and it was 54 pages. And I yeah. had a PDF because now I had a digital thing. And I was like, you know, do I sell it? I was like, nobody knows what time massage is. I was like, why don't I just give it away and get like an email and just make like an email list? Now, I did that, and I had to put a dot everywhere on Earth where that thing was downloaded. It <laughs> completely blew me away because we had, within several years, we had 10,000 downloads. There yeah. were places on Earth that I didn't know existed, and it was because, not because of the physical shippable thing, because of digital yeah. distribution. And it, like, it was the first time I ever saw digital and went, whoa. Like this is cool. Well, because it's totally weird to somebody who works in a brick and mortar industry with my hands. Like, yeah, I can. Wow, I can. I can put information together to give it to people to help them. 
Absolutely. And that, there's that thing, like when you, when you help people, it becomes, that becomes your message. And it's, it's easy to sell that. And on, I mean, most of the time, I will say, sometimes you still get the people who are going to doubt or that they, they want to, they want to pick apart the message. And it's, I, I don't understand that part of it either, because I'm not sure if it's like a, from a threatened place or it's a, you know, I'm not doing it. And I'm hoping that like every time I see somebody else, like you, you inspired me to do video, you know, like massage lot, Ian inspired me. And every time I see somebody on YouTube who's doing stuff or on TikTok now, I'm terrified of TikTok. Why? Um, and people are like, well, you do videos everywhere else. Short form is the death of me. Like, <laughs> I'm a blowhard. I, I am. I am talking and over explaining all the time. And so when you say you have 60 seconds, I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, it, it's um, t- TikTok. Uh, I caught on fairly early, and I've only had limited success there. But the the short form and the way information is put across, like the technology is developing so fast that it's changing the way people process information. Um, yeah, it's like. Uh, TikTok is the most innovative social media right now, period. I haven't seen anything that comes close. And I, I, the first time I started using it, I'll tell you a quick story. I was in my bed late at night. It was like midnight. I am going to bed. I get on TikTok. I just downloaded the app. And three hours later, I was crying, watching <laughs> completely hysterical videos. And it was yeah. like, it was weird because it was the first time in memory like I use social media to work, but I was playing with the app. I was yeah. engaging with a community of people within this app that was like wildly creative in a way that made you look at video production in a very different way. And I think also it made the massage industry look more and more myopic. They were only looking at other massage people. And I started looking at other businesses and other influencers and other industries for ideas of how to innovate within hours. Yeah. Well, it's like those, uh, it always makes me think of, uh, I can't remember what they sell, but it's like the, uh, it's like the Sasquatch in, um, in the woods. Uh, that's do, I think they sell like some kind of outdoor man deodorant or whatever, or it's like the Charmin bear. <laughs> You know, people will look at stuff and they're like, there's no way a bear can sell, you know, toilet paper. But I look <laughs> at the same thing with TikTok and all those things. It's like people, man, there, there, are, there are video streams out there. And massage therapists, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down kind of hard, are particularly guilty of being the driest motherfuckers out there when it comes to explaining stuff. Because it's almost overly professional and so uptight and clinical it's like you know if they if they had a lump of coal it'd be a diamond by the time they were done yeah um and i think that's one of the things on tiktok in particular because i found myself just scrolling and it's like you found yourself enjoying social media yeah whereas in a lot of other places it's like am i gonna have to fight with an idiot (laughs) yeah it's uh well i I have a lot of haters (laughs) and the thing is, it's in proportion to the people who love what I do, but we're we're growing. We're getting a degree of like notoriety and dare I say fame uh, within the industry, and I suspect that it, it'll it'll continue happening. But I'm being influenced by other industries at this point and looking at marketing in a very different way. 
So when you go back to looking at massage in a very myopic way, including the fact that you have to understand, I haven't had a client take off their clothes in like five years. It's really, really weird practice. And I think that's where some of the pushback is because it doesn't resemble what the therapists are used to, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I hope that people are encouraged to give it a shot because I feel like there are things that you can do uh, clothed that there is absolutely no drape, draping for. And I'm sorry, anytime anybody's like, well, you can diaper drape them, I want to laugh them out of the room because there's no way I'm going to say diaper drape with an adult client in my room. I'm going to be like, you know what? Come in athletic clothes because I'm not putting you in a diaper drape. <laughs> yeah, I, I think also, you know, we're, we're men in a female-dominated industry. We have slightly different issues uh, than we do. One of the ways that I practice was make a lot of video show people what you do, and then build rapport online first. And I've heard this again and again, that the potential client watches four or five videos, go, man, this guy is a consummate. He's got a podcast and he makes video and he's all, he t deals with chronic pain. He has all this information on his website. Their perception of me changed through all of that digital output. So it, it made the, the onboarding yeah. process with clients more ideal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, and I totally agree with the, uh, you know, it is, it, you do have to come from two different places. I've never, I, I'm always, I always struggle when I see another massage or a male massage therapist when they're like, oh, you know, it's really, it's really hard for me and all this stuff because I, I didn't have that struggle. Like even when I started out, I worked in an elements for a little bit and it didn't have I didn't have that experience. And so it's hard for me when it's, you know, I find myself marketing myself. I don't know if I could say anything to anybody is just be the same everywhere you have an outlet, because that's going to get you further because it's that personality that everybody wants to connect with. It yeah. is that the connection. And that's one of the things that future proofs us personally is that, you know, maybe 20, 30 years from now, we're going to have a robot that can have like a meaningful, you know, look you in the eyes, caring conversation. But massage and manual therapy and all of those things have that as its single biggest advantage. And some people will just, they'll crap all over that. They'll be like, well, you can't, I had somebody bust me down for saying intimate. And I'm like, it is intimate. Yeah. Like, it's the definition of intimate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so, even even my work is mat base, clothes on. I think, yeah. and I've learned this over time, it's more intimate than what most people are doing is massage. And I know yeah. that seems backwards, but you know, I'm dealing with a full body art. I'm using my legs, my feet, multiple points of contact, dragging people around a mat. Like it is interesting because we're in a touch-based industry. Having good connection skills interpersonally, psychologically, emotionally, in regards to touch, giving more touch in session. Yeah. I get really, really great responses from clients, but it's always interesting because the client will, the new client will freak out and go, dude, I, dude, this is amazing. Why is this not everywhere? And I'm like, <laughs> because massage therapists keep sort of telling me it's not massage. And they're like, what? Oh my God. And I went, I don't, I don't know how I delivered a car that somebody said wasn't a car, but okay. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I, my business is growing and I continue to work with students and clients and it's successful enough. I think also we may have just spearheaded my own little niche in an industry. Like, yeah. I think it's not for everybody. You know, it doesn't get rid of uh, Swedish, for instance, or table work. It's just, it adds a little more diversity, a little more complexity to the marketplace. Um, it allows other practitioners like you to, I don't know, like some people, it's interesting. They're like, no, I like the table. I'm like, great, the table tie, whatever you want to call it. And they're doing like, basically my, my table tie stuff kind of from a marketing standpoint looks like stretch lab on steroids. It's right. like this, you know, clothes on, but it's still table based and like crazy compressions and mobilization in a way that people, they've categorized what they think massage is. You know, when you say massage to the public, they think table cream, glide and nudity. Yeah. And like oh, yeah. my work slowly took all of those away, which is where we were hitting a weird thing where for me, I just went, listen, show them what you do. Show them what you do again. Show them like the, the YouTube Did channel. You show Say it again. No, just keep showing. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny just because uh, being so locked in on those points that you just went over, the you know you got to have glides, you got to do this, 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 and this. It created the niche for stretch lab. Yeah. By doing that, because yeah. they took you know the Thai massage and repurposed it and took some you know took some elements of stretch and some you know arguably from all over the place. Yeah. but then turned it into a marketable thing that people want. And that's, you know, hats off to them. I'm like, that's, that's what it's all about is finding where you fit. And sometimes there's going to be people out there that no matter how much, how safe they are, how open-minded or whatever, they don't want to get naked on the table. Yeah. Um, they may love you for every other reason, but as soon as, and I've had people that come in and sometimes we progress from like, a mat or we do table tie to eventually they're like, you know, I do want to try something. You know, I do want to try some level of, of disrobing. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way I teach it, I had to be mindful of men's and women's issues in the industry and how different they are. I would often let women colleagues in classes, because I would ask them for their perspective because I understand that they're, dealings with the public can be a little bit different. Um, oh, man. It, it's like, well, one, it, it allowed men to do something that was more intimate, like what was safe because clothes are on. And then it allowed yeah. women to be safe because they could get up and get out if they had to. Like the person has their clothes on. So it, it's interesting to deal with the practice and just like small tweaks, like changes to it that I think are not only biomechanically advantageous, but from a safety and security standpoint, keep women safe. Uh, there's a lot of advantages to what I'm teaching, but again, I just keep making video trying to illuminate what those advantages are. Well, and there's a lot by it, like when you explain it through video or somebody comes, you know, if you're a client, and not just because I've been doing these these other videos, and I, well, I'm not gonna pedal those right now, but we're kind of exploring, the female, uh, the women's perspective of this industry is if you're a man and have never asked, it's somewhat shocking because they deal with a whole lot of shit that they shouldn't have to. And one of the things that I like about Thai and all that stuff is that it, when you see it in practice, it eliminates the, I wouldn't even ask for that because it does not look like it lends itself to any of that, you know, the happy ending kind of behavior. Yeah. 
it, it's self it's self selecting clients yeah. that are not going to do that to you. Hopefully, there's always going to be you know there's always going to be a half a percent or one percent that's going to yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's an early adopter <laughs> issue. You you got to get the iPhone users to camp out outside the place because they love the iPhone. You have to build all of those early adopters to be able to hit mass market saturation. What I teach is a statistical yeah. anomaly. There are no other practitioners doing what I'm doing in the United States, at least of any significant, significant statistical number. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. any. Yeah, it, it's, it's like anytime somebody says, you know, Do I want to learn Thai, you're usually the first person I say. I'm like, go check out online. Because yeah. You're going to be able to. You're going to be able to find. So you're going to get a taste of it for free. You know, you can go to YouTube and see what's going on, and then you can get a whole bunch of courses. And you know, for a really super, I would say, I'm going to say too low, Robert. Uh oh. <laughs> now, now you're getting personal here. Okay. So, so why is it why is it too low? Oh, I don't know. I was kind of I was kind of being tongue in cheek um, because it's. Would you look at the price of any other? Uh, I'm going to use the term, and I'm going to do quotes. You look at the gurus that are running around. It's always about maximizing that number. Can I raise the price? Can I get a little more? Can I can I squeeze the people? And I don't like that. I don't ever like the idea of squeezing people. I want them to see the value and be like, "Yeah, you should charge more for this because this is fucking awesome." No, so I give you. So, I'll, and then, yeah, I'll give you a quick. Uh, we we have debates inside my business, and I'm honest about this. There's there's two ends. One person is going, you got to raise the fee on that subscription. And the other person is going, nope, absolutely not. Now, I lean towards no, absolutely not. That makes everybody angry, by the way. And they go, why won't you raise the fee? And I'm like, why won't you distribute it globally? There you go. Why don't you make the spout? Why don't you open the spout more? So, I mean, I'm serious. Like, there's a housewife in Islamabad, Pakistan. She speaks Urdu, yeah. but her English is great. And I go, would you like to work on your husband? You could subscribe to my subscription service for $7 a month, so long as you can get through my Texas twang English. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm banking on digital distribution. The thing is, it's not about every student. You get a thousand hardcore students, and then you start <coughs> building. If I don't uh, knock my lamp down here, then you just keep building. It's like... The reason I sell stuff inexpensively online, especially in a pre-recorded form, our subscription service has over 500 hours the last three years of my teaching practice. What does it cost yeah. me to distribute that information? There you go. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't see a downside. People are telling me, people won't study with you. And I'm like, uh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think they're connecting with me online. Then they come to the in-person class. They connect with me through the four-camera yep. live streams, and then they come to class. It's like I'm building residual income, and I'm building multiple revenue streams using a podcast and digital distribution to promote Joshua Cottle because I think that, I don't know, like we do this together. I hook into your audience. You hook into my audience. So? <laughs> like digital distribution is good. I see schools, you know, fighting this. The internet's <laughs> going to win. The internet is go. going to win. This is not going away. I just saw. I just saw two more schools go under. Oh, uh, 
two more schools. There was one in, uh, there was another one in Colorado, and then I can't remember where the other one was. And they've yeah. been around a long time, but between, you know, not, A, they weren't prepared for anything like this. The yeah. thing that digital distribution as a school kind of helps you in a situation like we're currently in, where it's like, yeah, you can't do anything in person. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise you would be really small because, you know, you have those economies of scale. I've seen small schools that are doing really well, but they can stay small. Yeah. The bigger ones, they're, they're done. It's, you know, they're fish in a barrel for this because they, they can't well, ramp up so the online I, part. Then long story short, without going into great detail, if all I do is talk to a local school owner and say, listen, I understand that your business is a physical brick and mortar. Why don't we add a layer of digital um, supplementation? And what they hear is, nope, it's more work, more money, not worth it. And I'm like, okay. And I go home and turn on my cameras and go right back to work. Like I can't, I can't make, I can't make people change. Like uh, from a social media standpoint, some people have kind of told me that I need to back off on certain social media because it's not. I don't know. It's not le it's not building my business. And I'm like, but it builds my reach and it builds my personal brand. I don't interact with a ton of massage therapists on Twitter. Twitter is not a heavily massage therapy oriented platform, but I still yeah. use it because I'm really trying to understand all these different platforms and how people are using social media to distribute audio and video content and how they're connecting. Because when the next platform comes along like TikTok, I'm ready to make the jump into a new platform because I understand how people are communicating online. It ain't the, it, yeah. it ain't the yellow pages anymore. No, it is not the yellow pages. Yeah. We coincidentally still get that. <laughs> I don't even know why we get it. Once a year, every people, year. People people still book. I don't know if we'll get it here. Yeah, people people oh. still take out ads. They they have to. They still take out ads. Right? Yeah. So uh, you've got your uh, YouTube channel just above you, and you've got your website right. just down below you. If you were going to have people follow you, you mainly want them to follow you on YouTube? Yeah, that's, my, that's kind of my primary home. That's where I have the, have the most fun for sure and yeah. connect the most often. How, how often are you releasing YouTube videos at this point? So uh, at least once a week. Okay. Uh, I was toying around with a three- um, three videos a week. I'm going to be diving into some anatomy I came up with because I love anatomy. I like teaching and all that stuff. I bit off a little more than I could chew because I was like, whoa, the, the quality was going to suffer. And I was like, ah, I can't do that. So it'll be at least once a week. It's usually on Saturday or Sunday. It's always at 10 a.m. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I try to keep it, I try to keep it regular and fresh. And I take, you know, I, I'm always on the massage forums and that stuff. I go, wherever I feel like I need to go or if somebody suggests something freaking cool. Cause I've had that before where people are like, I want to learn about this. And I'm like, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, we just continue producing information and we have like debates about what to give away, what to charge for it, how to package it, how to put it together. And we continue to just test um, a lot of it too. I think with business, yeah. uh, like somebody today in massage entrepreneurs, they were like, I want to build my own business. What's the best way to do it? It's like, that's such a broad, like, what kind of work do you want to do? Where do you live? Like there's you're so a hundred different answers. Yeah. Cause it's so, it's so personalized when you're trying to run your own business. And even we, you know, as advanced as we are, 
are having debates about how to distribute information and what do we charge. And it's like, I'm, I'm getting into uncharted territories, like four camera live streams with like filtered audio and putting anatomy on the screen live is not normal in our industry. Like we are having arguments about how to do it. And I'm like, Ugh, just, I, you know, one, do the bills get paid? <laughs> Two, how do we build? Yep, there you go. How do you, how do you get more? Like, it, it's like, to me, it's like, well, how do I build a business? I'm like, no, no, no. How do you get one client? Now, how do you get that one client to come back? That's... Now, how do you get another client? <laughs> That's how you, you build a business. Start... <laughs> you got to start small. Anytime <laughs> I tell people, I do the same thing. I'm glad to hear other people say that because they'll have these grand schemes of like, I yeah. need to get an S corp and all this stuff. Ooh, it's like, yeah. you need a table, sheets, oil, and a client. That's all you need at the beginning. And then you figure out from there. You build out. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's levels of preparedness and all that stuff. But if you overcomplicate it and you just shoot yourself in the foot. I mean, that's it's part of the reason people don't do this. The, the, just a few weeks ago, I figured out how to do a live or like an anatomical overlay yeah. while I was working on someone. Where yeah. it would be like a video, but I could have like the boom. Yeah. And I mean, honestly... I literally was like, whoa, when yeah. I figured out finally how to do it because I had tinkered with it for like 48 hours and yeah. it couldn't get it to work. And then when I did, it was like, oh. and so a lot of times it's like, you just got to grind. you got to, you know, yeah. you've got to just keep going because you know it's worth it. And if you're starting a business, <laughs> the, it's especially the true. Fu the future is made up of YouTube tutorials. <laughs> it's like I've. Software, man. Uh, in 60 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Software is the bane of my existence at this point. Like, I spend so much time. Like, people see what it does, but they're like, how did he do that? And I'm like, uh, it took about two days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking something easy. Because it was like, oh, well, that was probably just... There's nothing easy about this. This is literally getting just one thing to play with the other. Well, was, it's uh, interesting because, in a way, it, like... It's interesting because, in a way, I think it is easy, but how do I put this? It's not difficult, but it's time-consuming. That's what the difference is. Like, my, my joke is, my friend Josh Terry, he helps yeah. me with some stuff, and he does a lot of tech stuff, so we're constantly, like, talking to each other about whatever. Um, and, and Josh is like, it's usually two buttons. <laughs> But the thing is, you got to know which two buttons to press and in what order. <laughs> yeah. So if you had, uh, I, well, I guess. To bring it just really quick to bring those two things together. The, the video and business um, is to just, it's a one, most of the stuff that you have to do is a one-time investment. Like learning how to video edit in the beginning, it's one time. You spend you know, you spend a set amount of hours figuring out how to do it, and then it's kind of yours. You get to tweak it, but it's all of those tasks, like learning how to get audio, good audio or figuring out how to set up lighting. It's a one-time investment that's heavy up front. It, it takes some playing around with. But after that, it's really easy. You plug in your lights and you go, and it looks better. Yeah. And it's just like when you're building a business. Most of the stuff up front is one-time investment, and then you just have to kind of keep pushing the boulder. Yeah, it's kind of like massage school itself. You know, it, it seems, I mean, I remember being in school, being nervous because you'd never worked on anyone before. 
And now I'm like, oh, why, yeah. why would you be nervous? And it's like, dude, you've been doing this for 18 years. Once you've developed enough <laughs> skill, it's like, it's old hat. It's not anything. It's like driving a car. I don't get nervous when I go get in the car now. But when you first learned to drive, you were like, this is dangerous. It's like a big machine. I don't know how to control it. Or, you know, I, I think um, the 80% rule, or for me, the 80% is like, do it 80%. The, the screen messed up. So what? Oh, it lagged. Okay. So what? Like, just work at it. Yep. Make it better. Learn a little skills. I mean, when I got Canva on my phone, I was like, whoa. I'm a graphic designer <laughs> because I could move, move a little picture around and resize it. But the technology and the software does increase and get easier. I think um, one of the things I've seen with massage education specifically, the actual massage service hasn't changed very much, but the business around it has exponentially. And I think the, the business education in schools hasn't kept pace with the rate of change yeah. even remotely. Well, it is. I honestly think that it's one of those, uh, if anybody's up and coming for a business idea, I think that it is probably due to have just the service side of it disrupted. Every once in a while, the, the, the only the closest thing I can see, producing massage guns, of like, I never thought I would see that because for the most part, like elements and massage envy and all those things are very like formulaic in their services. And when I heard that, I was like, "Whoa, they're they're trying to they're trying to shake things up a little bit." And honestly, it's probably due for a shakeup. Somebody who figures that formula out is going to kill it. Yeah, some some of the most interesting stuff I see in our industry, to be completely honest, is outside our industry. And what that is is stretch lab and stretch zone. The the thing is, I had been telling therapists for years, yeah. I had been pushing. I'm like, go, go, there's real estate over there. Go, go, go. And they went, no, my clients want massage. And all of a sudden, it was like, stretch lab, stretch zone. I was like, oh, no. No license necessary. <laughs> I was like, holy moly. Like, they have no idea what this is going to do. Well, and sometimes you'll get the people who are like, you'll get the, 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 the scope the scope of practice people who are like, well, you can't do that. Most you can't do what? You can. Most places. Or if you can't, then go out and get your athletic trainer certification and bring it into your practice. Make yourself more valuable. Make it to where you can, you know, shake yeah. it up a little bit. But those people at Stretch Lab, Jesus, they just invented a certification. You're, you're a stretchologist. Yeah. You know, when you come in. Because it's like that—that's an invented certification. That's an invented title. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they've circumvented. You know, don't need they'll, they'll, like even their job ads are funny to me because it'd be like we prefer a massage license or a you know trainer. So they have four, maybe three different pools that they can pull from. Yeah. Um, so it's no longer. Just massage therapists. I, I started take athletic trainers. Yeah, I started paying so. more attention to it whenever Massage Envy added their own stretch service, that straighto. And I was like, ooh, that's a the, the reason why is because Stretch Lab was crunching the numbers and realized they were losing clients. Yeah. Who were athletes. We got a little lag again. So it's interesting to me, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I know that my business is not going backwards when it comes to digital distribution. 
We continue to put out information at a furious pace. Um, listen, when people get upset at my memes, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, if a oh, meme boy. is if a meme is going to ruin your day, I, I guess so. But it's you know, we just every day it's like we're able to release more. We're able to release more video, more footage, more audio, more memes, more graphics, more photos put out more information, blog posts, you know, even from a podcast standpoint, it's like, I'm not great at it, but I can drop this after the fact and some video editing software, clip it and make a short version. It's like, it's not slowing down. It's like ramping up while everybody else in our industry, mostly they seem to be digital distribution. They're, they're actively almost like opposed to it. There are a lot of people that fight for like status quo. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think it comes, it really does come down to what, what you said earlier is the, uh, they don't want to be judged. And I'm like, to me, I have, if you can take it, if people watching or whatever, if you want one piece of advice is have strong opinions um, and be willing to change those as evidence comes along. But strong opinions and a strong, especially if you base them on as much factual information as you can get, will get you further than being lukewarm. Because if you can say, this is how it is, and if it pisses people off, you've probably done the right thing, honestly. Um, you don't want everybody to agree with you. If everybody's agreeing with you, you're not doing anything. Yeah, I've had on. this. Like, I think you have to. Yeah, I've had this debate locally, and I've, I've had some colleagues like drop off and not work with me because they're like, you're, you're too polarizing. And I once they told me that, I was like, listen, the people who are hating on me, like, would they hate on me if I wasn't successful? And when they started laughing, I went, I just proved my point. Like, listen, I don't need everybody to agree with what I'm doing. My clients agree and my students agree. And I'm teaching online and they say it's impossible. And I'm like, the ship has already sailed. Like, I just make it a little better each day and keep growing. It's like, the problem is the therapists haven't heard somebody in private practice speak the level of truth that I speak when I come into their school. And what it does is they're getting this model of like business that's based in the yellow pages. And I'm like, that's dead. (laughs) Now. And they're like, well, when do I start my website? And I'm like, don't worry about a website now. Like take out your phone. And here's what the schools do. The schools banned this. Yeah, they're like, no, nope. no, no phone. Yeah, and when I ask, they say, well, it's a liability issue. And it's like, it's because people are unclothed. And I'm like, my whole practice, here we go. And let them close. <laughs> yeah. No, it amazes me when people cite the limitation and then don't realize that it's a, you can actually change that. It's that glass ceiling thing where you bump into it and you're like, and then you realize it's a sliding door. Just move the limitation the hell out of the way. If you can't yeah. do it because of that reason, get rid of that reason. Well, I mean, just just and something you can, simple. I understand that. Yeah, like, don't even. We don't have to worry about the video production. Just you take a therapist who works on a table, and I say, listen, let's get rid of the table and try working on a mat. Just that, that one piece. That is so revolutionary and changes the service in so many ways. That my own industry has like a pushback against it. It's changed. Right? Now, now there there are advantages. Who knows, who knows why? Yeah. 
It's, it's crazy to me. It, it really is. I can tell you one of my favorite things that right now that clients are like, oh, I've just literally never done this. And people always expect it to be some kind of fancy technique or whatever. It's rolling that mat out over there, doing maybe doing this and moving over. I have a big room now. Um, and maybe moving over to the mat. And it's literally just letting them lay there for 10 minutes with me doing some compression on their feet or their legs, not even moving around that much because they literally haven't laid for 10 minutes with just being inside their head for six months or yeah. a year. It, it will change your life. And it's like, you can't, it's not the same here when you're down on the ground and you're on that comfy mat and it's, I don't know. It's, it, it will, it is, it's one of the best things that I do now. And people are like, Oh, this never, I haven't done this. I just yeah. haven't laid on the floor. People, you can hear backs adjusting and all this stuff because they're deep breathing and they're just falling into this thing. And they're like, it's amazing. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> You're just laying there, <laughs> but yay. Well, it, it's a different, it's a different paradigm. Uh, to me, it's like, you know, English and Arabic. They're both ways of communicating information, but when you're fluent in English and you try to add Arabic, you're like, oh my God, they, they write the script backwards. <laughs> oh, and the thing is, it's not wrong. It's just, it's just a different language. And I think that's the thing, being essentially in my case in a bodywork world, bilingual, it's like, I can still work on a table. It's fine. I have students who thank me because I still teach table classes and it's like, listen, I'm trying to give you the stepping stones to transition if you want back into a mat-based practice if you want to. It's not like you have to do it this way. It's like, no, what I'm doing is providing more options. That's all. More tools. Yeah. yeah, you just pull it, you just pull it in. Pull what you like. You know, you don't have, just because you learn it doesn't mean you're locked into that now. It's just take what you like and, you know, think about it and apply it when you need to. So, but it, you think people, sometimes I feel like that's one of those things that it's, it seems revolutionary or like it's so far outside of that damn box. I hate the outside of the box stuff. It's like, it's really not. You're just, you're just doing, you know, you're just doing what the moment called for. You yeah. blend the two together. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's really not, even in my practice, it's not either or. It's just expanding their number of tools. Like you have a big wall of tools. I tell them this all the time, and I just want you to have 25 to 50% more tools. That's all. Same, same problems clients come in with, but I want to give you some new tools that save your hands and allow you to package your service in a slightly different way. Like there's tons of advantages for you, tons of advantages for the client, but it is a different practice. And I do expect some pushback, but also, you know, when people ask me like, how could I focus on software and the stuff I'm doing? It's like, well, cause money falls out. Like the more I made video, I got more clients and the clients were more tailored to what I wanted. And it was easier. It was easier to get clients and it was easier to make money and everything kept growing. And all the time you hear, but people can't learn online. And I'm like, oh, uh, I, I, I got students saying otherwise. I got testimonials out the wazoo, and it's like, gross. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I know a nurse that just finished her BSN online. So I'm guessing you can. Uh, you can. Yeah. <laughs> you 100% can. 
And I, I argue that you can learn better online because you can come back to it. And Some I things. Because I like I like in-person classes just as much as anybody else. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to revisit the information. What did I see when I was doing that versus when they showed me? Yeah. Well, I don't, I can't match that up. I want to be able to come back to it. And like, you know, and like literally every other industry is caught onto this. Like I just, uh, I got a, a, an Oculus. So the VR headset for, uh, for my birthday and I'm hooked on this app called Supernatural. It's an online coach. You're sitting in here. There's literally a person in front of you. And I've done a cardio workout two, sometimes three times a day because I can come out here. I'm with a trainer. I feel like I'm accountable because I've got an app on my phone and all that stuff. But you don't see that. Like other industries are just fine with that. It's like we're going to do – we're going to present everything in video and trust that you're going to figure out. And it's amazing. Yeah. Like it's one of the most amazing things I've seen technology-wise uh, in a long time. My business changed really pivotally when I said – can we do this? And when they said yes, I went, okay, let's go do that. And I stopped asking for permission. Like, well, yeah. I want I want mommy and daddy to approve. I'm like, no. A brick and mortar industry is never going to approve of you teaching online until it's too late and you've already done it. Can we, like the subscription, This and I will take credit for it. It's not like nobody had ever seen a subscription service before, but I'd never seen a subscription service for education in our industry. And I said, let's do it. Because once I once I understood the tech components, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. It's over. And we continue yeah. to keep building. And people are like, I can't learn online. And I'm like, uh, I've been teaching online for three years. Yeah. Well, and it's like, uh, what is the uh, – their, their podcast kind of reminds me of this because it's pretty, it's pretty affordable and it's loaded with information. Um, what the hell is her name? Alyssa Haynes, yeah. and I'm not going to remember the name of their, like, they do business, they do a business, <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, oh, there's beef, baby. Oh, <laughs> go, no. ahead. go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, as far as the model goes, I'm like, oh, you know, but it's, it, it, it pains me, honestly, the amount of, uh, of limitations, I guess, people just want to put on themselves. And, like, my, my kids sum this up really well. They're like, yeah, you're a grown-up, and uh, you can do what you want, right? Like, yeah. Like, why don't you do more fun stuff? That's the most real question I think anybody has ever asked me because I'm like, I can literally do whatever I want, and I can do – I can teach how I want on YouTube. I can bring in things that no school would ever let me do and talk exactly how I want. Yeah. When I say, you know, when I'm doing anatomy, I don't say glutes. I say you're going to rub somebody's <laughs> ass because you can do that. And you're dealing with another adult in your room. So they yeah. know that they have an ass. And a lot of times people don't know that their glutes are called. I, I was told that I am, I was slovenly in dress and speech. Slovenly in dress and speech. That sounds mildly racist. I don't even know what that means. No, it just means slovenly. it means I'm a slob. Because oh, slobbly. slovenly, slovenly, slob. slovenly. Like you, you have to you have to dress for success. And I'm like, uh, -oh. uh who are you? They're gonna take my mystery <laughs> machine. Then <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I basically I'm in a table based industry doing Brazilian jiu jitsu, is what it amounts to. I'm like, 
I wear Thai fisherman pants and a t-shirt. Like, well, how do you want me to dress? I'm not wearing slacks. Get out of here. I, like, if, if I go to a business I, conference... I fold it, people you know. very slowly. I want yeah, to it's like, it's such a weird... But the thing, it's like preconceived notions and how they affect, you know, what we do. The, also, the other thing is, like... There are other massage therapists who have podcasts, but I'm not basing my podcasts off of other massage therapists. I'm looking at other industries or people like Joe Rogan who have famous podcasts and going, what do they do? Like, do what they do. Yeah. Do what winners do. Like, the, the, the massage industry is too myopic. Like, they're not looking at the bigger the bigger picture. Like, and now I'll ask this. Like, if you're a school owner, you and I yeah. both, Joshua, we can live stream into their school and teach. At any time. And schools yeah. will not allow that for the most part. No. They'll actively block no. it. Why? Oh, absolutely. So it'll be a, nope, we don't, we don't need that or want it. Okay. I guess uh, I guess we're going to turn out some more therapists. That don't know how <laughs> so I'll, I'll, give you a, mean, I'll give you a quick story. There was a local school. A teacher called me and said, I want you to come to our school and talk about social media marketing. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, whatever. Let's set it up. And I wasn't going to, I don't charge. It's just like, whatever. Go talk to students. They may become students later, you know, of mine, whatever. And it turned out that like somehow the owner found out and the owner was like, nope, he cannot live stream his presentation on social media. And I was like, What? You won't allow me to use social media to teach them about social media? And they were like, no, it's a liability issue. Of course it is. And I'm like, uh. <sighs> <laughs> No, it does. After you, you hear the same stupid answers so many times. Yeah. But after a while, it is. You just kind of want to be like, okay. Well, I and guess, that's, that's also why my um, presentation is so different. It's so different, it stands out in stark contrast to the bulk of the industry, and I'm making less and less apologies, and I'm like, you're right, I'm slovenly in dress and slovenly in speech, but there's money in my bank account, and it grows every day, so whatever. Like, not everybody likes Jay-Z. Jay-Z is not crying because you didn't like his rap. <laughs> right? Just moving on. Yeah, Just it's like the, the other thing is shake that money tree. The notion of probably better if you don't like. Yeah, it, the, the the notion of of professional. Well, it's not professional. You're not professional. You're not professional. And I'm like, I get paid. I help people in chronic pain, and I teach. What's not professional about that? Like, listen. Yeah. Not only do I consider myself professional, but when I get hate mail, I go look at Ice T's Twitter. <laughs> And I let Ice T teach me about haters. Like the world is different, you know, than it was in 1980. It just is. Yeah, people have to at least to a modicum. Like schools have to adapt business curriculum to the social media age, and I find them extremely almost like anti-social media. Like they're they're fighting. Like this stuff is banned from the classroom, and I can't really understand because it's like. The massage nerd is the videos they're watching on YouTube to supplement their education. Yeah. Well, and it, and it is. It's, uh, it's, it hurts me because they, 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 when these students get out there, 
number one, they probably didn't learn a great deal about business, or they learned the most, you know, the, the most basic stuff you could. But then they get thrown into a space where there are a lot of people, not a great many, but enough to where it's they don't know how to market themselves on Facebook. They don't yeah. know how to use Instagram. And at, moreover, they're afraid to do it. And it's like, people ask me, well, would you pay for ads on Facebook? Hell no. I make videos for my page and I let that go where it goes. You know, yep. you get involved in some, you get involved free marketing advice. Connect with the people you want to serve. If you want to work with runners, go out and connect with some runners groups and yep. build some rapport in that group. And then after you've shown that you're valuable, say, hey, can I drop a video in there? Yep. Or if there's no rule against it, drop the video in there. And all of a sudden, you'll have a whole bunch of runners that are like, oh, yep. <laughs> better, so even that, better if it's a local group. If, if you're a massage therapist watching this, and I want you to understand this very deeply, the feedback you're going to get that's negative is not from the public. It's from massage therapists. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, absolutely. I will get – that is one of the best ways that I've gotten clients is because they want – and they'll come in and they'll comment – whatever, or they'll ask, they'll DM you, they'll drop into the DMs and they'll be like, hey, do you know how to fix this? What's going on with this? You give an honest, informed, professional answer and they maybe try a little bit of the self-work. You're like, hey, I have a video on YouTube. And that's the other thing is that it turns into a web. Like it turns, the more content you have, when somebody asks for something, I'm like, oh, I have a video about hamstrings. Check it out. Have your spouse try it. If you yep. need more help, there's my, there's my website. Yep. Come see me. Bring your spouse along. I'll teach him how to do it. So, and then that way, and people, that's one of those things. People are like, well, why would you teach somebody? Then they don't need to come see you. No, they come back. They, they made me, they, I maybe teach a spouse or a boyfriend or whatever. They're not going to replace me, yeah. but also it spirals into more and more word of mouth because they're like, no, you should go see this guy because all of these reasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it blows my mind. You don't, you don't, you don't have to pay for ads. Yeah, I had a stuff that's a roommate stuff that works for you. Yeah, I had a roommate years ago who was in acupuncture school. He's now working as an acupuncturist uh, in San Antonio, and he was having a conversation with I think one of the students, uh, one of his colleagues in school, and somehow he said something about time massage and me, and in my name came up, and he was like, "Oh my God, Robert Gardner is your roommate." Dude, Robert Gardner's like a legend. Josh, I'm a guy in his apartment. <laughs> like, like it, the reason he says I'm a legend is because you're producing so much social media content, you're gaining a sort of notoriety and fame just because you were unfazed mostly by people's hate mail and you continued to put out video content. In an industry that says, no, we don't want to put out video content. I'm like, great. That's great for my business. Like, you're going to find my YouTube videos faster than everybody else if you don't have any. Well, and that's just it. If I want to cut a therapist off or if it's like if we're, if we're actively discouraging competition, I'd be like, no, don't make video. Don't make video at all because it will do nothing for you and you'll waste a lot of time. That would be how you cut a therapist off at the knees. It's not sharing technique and passing along business tips. Yeah. Or, you know, that's, it's not that. It, the single biggest piece of information you can get is find ways to connect. And that's fine. Video. 
Connect. If you, well, what if I don't like? What if I don't like video? Well, do a damn podcast. Do something. Massage oh, therapists. You know? They want to. <sighs> they want to connect. This is this on steroids. <laughs> oh yeah. We're talking Care Bear Stare. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, and the thing is, not everybody's good on video. That's fine. You can write. You can do blog posts. You can do audio. You know, you could do just an audio version of your podcast. Like. There's a lot of different yeah. there's a lot of different avenues, but they intensify, they increase, they're growing exponentially, and I felt like I was able to have a say in where the marketplace was going. Yeah. I was able to put out information, so like kind of hamburger joints is a common one because people are familiar with branding when it comes to hamburgers. Years ago there was only McDonald's, and then there was Burger King. And then in yeah. in, uh, in California now and other states, there's In-N-Out, which Texans hate In-N-Out, by the way, because they love Whataburger. <laughs> and then after Whataburger, there's Freddy's Frozen Custard. And, like, there's all these burger places that are carving out niches with different kinds of burgers. A different hamburger, fry, and a drink experience. And I really think that's where our industry is going is Massage Envy is the McDonald's. They've introduced yeah. the hamburger, fry, and the drink as a standard package. Now, there's all the room for all the little niche services that you and I can create and go out and, you know, skewer part of the marketplace for. Yep. 100%. And it's, you know, and it doesn't matter what you want to do or what you want to charge. I'll tell people, like, because before we moved out here, I would go and talk at some schools and they'd be like, because I did relatively well with my business. I only spent about six months at Elements and I loved it. I loved Elements. I thought they treated people pretty well. Um, but I pulled, I watched everything that they did and pulled from their systems where I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. Nah, that doesn't work so good. But once you got out there and like started doing it is it didn't matter what you charged. The only thing I'll say is that if you want to charge $500, a, it better be a great experience. Like it better be mind blowing and it's going to go a little slow. If you want to charge $29, you can probably be a little, you're, you're already, you're marketing to a, a, your price says that you don't care about, necessarily you don't have to be that great you can be you can start there and you're going to grow really fast but it's going to be hard to pull it from there so you want to you know if when you're pricing something there's always that and i didn't mean to go here it was mostly i just saw one of these conversations of well what do i price my session at and it's a lot like the how do i start a business well you're going to get 100 answers you're yeah. going to get somewhere between 29 dollars and 500 that's that that is the answer. You have to figure out what you need to make and build from there. Um, and know a little bit about pricing psychology. That sometimes people just want to pay more for a session. It doesn't mean it has to be any better. Some people just like to spend two hundred dollars. Um, yeah. And so many people will look at that. That's one of those self-imposed uh, ideas. Is that if you price something really high. Yeah, it's going to be slower. It's going to take work and word of mouth, doing videos. Why is this person worth $200? You have to show why you're worth that. Um, but it's going to turn into something where you don't have to raise your prices all the time because you started high. Um, yeah. If you start at 60 bucks, I started at 60 bucks. When I got out, I was like, oh, 60 bucks seems like a pretty good. 
And it was at first. And then I was like, hmm, what do I need to make? And yeah. that was what changed everything for me. How is the massage scene in Minnesota? Does Minnesota still not have state licensure? No state licensure. That yeah. caught me completely off guard. Yeah. So they do city by city. Yeah. Um, so, or I forget what it is. It is it's city by city. So you go locally and find out whether or not you have, and you don't have to have, there's no minimum education here. There's none of that stuff. If you get closer to a big city, like if you want to work in a spa, they require education. You have to be licensed someplace, have had a certain amount of hours. So they yeah. want the education, but Minnesota as a whole does not require that. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and so that's been an interesting thing to suddenly be thrown into a place where it's like, I'm, I'm not even competing against uh, trained therapists. Oh, um, part of me was a little nervous about that, and I'm realizing that I should not have been nervous about that. It's going to be just fine. Yeah, the people are consistently confused. Like, as an educator, I'm nationally certified as a provider of CE education, and people are always confused about, like, state rules and regs, and I'm like, oh, you're confused too? Like, I only got 50 sets of arbitrary rules from state to state. And it's like, they always contact me from... It every time they have a meeting. It's like, I'm from Rhode Island. Can I use your CEs? And I'm like, does your your state take national certification credits? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, I I have no idea either. I had to go look. So it's been interesting to teach online and see people go, well, you know, but I can't use the CEs. I'm like, do you want to learn or don't you? Like, is this just, just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll provide CEs. I understand you want CEs, but like, what about education? Yeah. It's not always about the CEs. You know, I don't sit down with, uh, you know, I don't sit down with the latest pain management book or anatomy book because I'm going to get a, you know, a little piece of paper at the end or some, you know, some CEs out of it. I sit down because I want to be. I enjoy the process of learning and I want to be better for my clients. I think that's basically the answer there Yeah. because all learning makes you better. And the people who aren't learning, if you're not doing that, then there's another good way to cut yourself off at the knees. Yeah. Hmm. So what, on the topic of, uh, cause you're, you're not really, I might be misspeaking here. You're you don't really care about the licensure and the, um, I guess that do you, do you would you want a certification like a true like I can be I have an issue with the state stuff where it's like one state's this one state's that this yeah. one's 700 hours that one's 400 hours how would you feel about a truly like national certification where it was like well everybody's under this one standard one, one fee uh, so it's interesting so yeah there's like a, a multitude of layers here that in directions I could go <laughs> And I'm trying to figure out where do I want to go with this? How do I, how do I want to go with this? Um, no, that's all right. I, I am, over time, mostly. what I'm doing is, I'm, here's the state's level. I am trying to, in the future, I'm going to file a trademark for my brand, rebrand what I'm doing, and go above the state's requirements and, and have meticulous standards nice. For the students who are certified in what I'm teaching and doing. Because nice. I, in some ways, I think the state standards are too low. 
But at the same time, the only way I can deal with quality control is to deal with me. Like I can't like the state and like, in other words, like I'm in Texas, but we're next to Louisiana. Louisiana has different laws, rules, regulations, whatever. It's like me having a brand like Whataburger and saying, no, this is what our logo looks like. This is how you present it. This is what goes in the burger. Like I'm trying to form a better brand and that is, ooh man, that is vilified in our industry. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> that is I was unaware of that. Oh, brand. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's very so here's what I'm told. You're trying to create a modality empire. And I say, what is a modality? And then all hell breaks loose because they're arguing with me about you know, and I'm like, no. <laughs> What a burger is not the same. Only, I will only say that about yeah. people who want to lock me, lock people into some kind of bullshit. <laughs> Where it's like, this is the only way to do it, and my way is the best way, and I charge eight hundred dollars. Well, and the thing is that, that I think, well, the, I think that's, I think that's what people are accusing me of. And the thing is, it's like, no, I'm trying to take the therapists who want to differentiate themselves from McDonald's and go, listen, let's what a burger the day away. Let's what a burger, what a burger, what a burger. Burnt orange and white. Brand. Brand in our industry is very mucked up. Um, it's it's completely misunderstood. They think, for instance, like let's say you, you know, you decide to study with me and you decide to get certified. I don't expect yeah. your session to be the same as mine. I expect 70 to 80 percent. One, I'm going to dictate in the paperwork, if you're going to sell what I do, the session is a minimum two hours and it's mat based. You're not selling my service on a table. Eh, Wrong. Not even going to happen. Now, what I'm doing is I'm trying to form a brand like Nike. I'm trying to make it solid enough so that consumers recognize, no, 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 I don't want a massage. I want this service. You want a yo massage? Yeah, There's like you and and they've done they've done they've been fairly successful at building a little bit. Like they're in, they're in a different niche, but it's similar to me in some ways. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's been a it's been an interesting thing to watch. I just I stumbled them I stumbled across them uh, when they they followed me on Instagram. That's what it was. Yeah, when they were first building, they followed me on Instagram, and I think I got an after that of uh, hey, would you like to you know would you like to, and it wasn't something that really, it didn't really mesh with me at the time. Yeah. I mean, no fault to anybody who does it. It's just, uh, it's an interesting blend of things, taking two yeah. things that it hasn't really been put together before. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. that's off. And branding, but they, they understood that. And um, I took their class, this has been years ago uh, here in Austin. Um, I even helped them rewrite some of their NCB, TMB paperwork to get it, get it passed through the national board. Because they were having problems getting nice. one of their classes filled or, or getting it filed and approved. Yeah. So I've had some yeah. connection with them because I, I, the reason I paid attention to it is like anything that combines elements of yoga with massage is like, because yeah. that's kind of what I've been doing. And that's where some of the confusion is about what I teach. But from a brand perspective, and this is a long term thing, this is not a short term. Building yeah. the Nike of massage. I mean, the brand yeah. that's so solid, it's like CrossFit. 
You're like, do, do you work out? Do you work out? No, I do CrossFit. And everybody wants you to know they do CrossFit and they want to show off their CrossFit and oh, talk about yeah. CrossFit. It's a brand. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's your brand going to be? You've got Nike. You're bound to brainstorm some stuff. This well, like we, we had filed it. This is years ago. So we had filed a trademark under the name Reboot. After three years waiting, it was declined. Ah, oh, shit. And it's like, it's just business. And everybody was like, oh, no, like, it's so horrible. And I'm like, we changed names and we rebrand. So I just had to, like, regroup because you have to go through that process. Um, but I think for the ongoing business, I think it's important. And it's it's like, I think you saw the, yeah, you commented on the meme I put out about, like, science education uh, in our industry. Oh, yeah. And it was like, man, people got yeah. so angry about chakras and energy and felt I was being dismissive. And it's like, guys, listen, I have seen Alex Gray's paintings in person. I am very aware of chakras and energy flow through the human body. And I've worked at it for, for over 20 years in my own body, including working with clients. I'm not just dismissing it, but I'm not going up to my local hospital and talking about chakras. There you go. It's like absolutely for for people to get frustrated by a meme is something that I can't quite. I, I'm trying to think. I'm going through my mental rolodex trying to figure out when was the last meme I saw I got offended by. <laughs> oh God, no! It's like I don't even have one. Like I'm just like yeah. I just it just rolls off of me. And I think anybody who gets offended by those things, it's like you yeah. should be asking yourself more why you were offended by it. Than yeah. you know the meme itself. So it's like, I mean, from a brand perspective, this has been a this has been a huge issue. Um, people, you know, I still call what I do on occasion time massage, and almost yeah. from the beginning, once that first workbook came out, we continued to build. People were like, "This is not Thai. This is not Thai. This is not Thai." And I went, "Listen, I'm a white guy from South Louisiana who's of Scott Irish ancestry. If I make you Thai <laughs> food, is it Thai?" Is it authentic? It's like, th those are the conversations we're having. And it's like, essentially, the traditional Thai massage community built my brand. Because I went, nope, you guys are going in a direction I have no interest in whatsoever. I have no interest in promoting Thai culture globally. That's not what I'm here yeah. for. I'm trying to help people in pain. My work includes mobility and compression, but mo mobility and compression is something that's related to anatomy and physiology, which is all people on earth. Like, I thank the Thai people for what they've passed along to me, but what happens when you as a Westerner start tweaking things, changing things, adapting it to a Western marketplace, packaging it in a way that they're not familiar with, using social media... <laughs> They was like, this isn't Thai. And I'm like, fine, it's not Thai. And here's what's going to happen. If we successfully rebrand, people are going to get angry and say, you stole Thai massage. And I'm like, nope, you convinced me it wasn't Thai. Well, and that, that's, that, is a, that is a very good point. Because yeah. I think so much, and this speaks to the, the, the issue that I have with uh, like energy and Reiki and all of those things, is that... Believe whatever you want. Take your story, because the, I understand, and stories are amazing. I love the culture of where things come from. I think it's phenomenal, but I don't necessarily need the story to make the technique work for the people that I want to reach. So I don't need 
all of the other stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. I can acknowledge it and I may even share it along the way, but it's, it's, it's not mutually exclusive. People want to run around like they have uh, a lockdown on everything that's ever been done to a human being just because somebody somewhere did it first. Yeah. And it's, it, I always think of uh, physical therapists when they, you know, they've rebranded, uh, I even hate to use that term, but they, they did dry needling. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because when people ask me about this, I'm like, well, it's acupuncture done more strategically and deeper. And at the end, they're both bullshit. So <laughs> for me, if you want to believe in those things, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But for me, neither one of them do what physiologically anything. Yeah, you know, beyond comforting touch and letting me relax. Well, neither one of those things are, you know. If you it, look it's at not, it's not doing that. Yeah, if you look at my original workbook, the free one that's on my website, I talk about send lines, and I was yeah. very cognizant when I started teaching and writing that workbook. I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I introduce this and like bring Westerners along? Because here's what happened: I, I had a session with my teachers, uh, one of her assistants. Was totally blown away, said I'll take everything she teaches. So blown away by it. The first day we get into the class, my teacher starts talking about send lines. And I'm like, what is this crap? I ain't got no time, but no scent energy. Like, I need body work. And somebody came and there's a line, there's a line on the inside of the leg between the like in the adductors, essentially, and like along the calf, along the tibia. And man, they all they did was like real gentle, just thumb press up along that line, and I was like, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I went, okay, hold on, hold on. She said it was an energy line, but like, let's marinate on it a bit. Right. And what it is, is I tried to, I tried to explain to students and I've tried and I failed at this apparently because that, that the argument about the energy stuff just blew my mind. Cause I'm like, you guys don't understand anything about what I've been teaching. The Sibsen is a simple map that a teacher gave to a student and said, go do 10,000 sessions. You're going to learn a lot in 10,000 sessions about how to touch and I, someone. And I guarantee you, and the thing is, I still use, I still use those lines. But yeah. they're, they're a physical manifestation of what people feel. They're not charting magic energy through people's bodies. I, I never... Never thought that. Don't feel like I was taught that. And I help people in chronic pain constantly in ways they can't even explain. But it's like, yeah. that was the thing. Time massage as a brand, I hate to say this. Time massage as a brand has certain disadvantages. And here's what happened. Once I chose the name Reboot, that trademark was declined. I haven't even changed it on my website completely. I need to do that. Um, it was amazing to me when I started explaining Reboot. and And it was like... The students went, what's that? And I was like, oh, my God, beginner's mind. They don't have yeah. any preconceived notions. Because when I say time massage, they expect a little Asian lady to walk in. Yeah, well, and honestly, I'll be up front. It's one of the things that prevented me from actually going, like, taking the next step to, like, yeah. even your YouTube channel. Because yeah. I was just like, oh, that's so not, that's not going to be anything that I'm going to do or be... And then as I saw it or you shared it someplace more openly, I was like, oh, well, that is kind of something. I better go check that out. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the community is, is totally what people expect. Yeah. The, co the community that like likes, um, and this is what I find interesting. The community that likes James Wozlowski, 
They like Till Lukow. They like Eric Dalton. My work in many ways is comparable to what they're teaching and doing. Yeah. The packaging is different. The branding is different. The body work, even though I'm mat based using my legs and feet, the work is not that different. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the big things now that we have like going on on like the medical side, um, you know, because that's how I, I generally approach things. But I, I sometimes feel like the pendulum, it swings too far one way or the other. And like for me right now is the, um, you know, the, the, I'll talk to somebody who says they're a medical massage therapist and they maybe won't know. Okay, we'll say tibialis anterior or whatever, not even a super obscure muscle, and they won't have any idea. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, a, that's okay because it, it's weird. Maybe it's just something because I'll forget anatomy on the fly. I'll be like, well, what is that? Uh, oh, it's, oh, it's gluteus minimus. Okay, fine. Um, but I'll say, have you learned anything about you know, the, the, the nerve pathways, nerve system? Um, have you seen you know, anything that isn't just deeper and deeper pressure? And it'll be like, no. Well, have you ever questioned trigger points or anything like that? No, I love trigger points. I still love trigger points. I still see something in someone and I'm like, you know, with all the knowledge and all the people like dermo neuromodulation uh, and all that stuff, I don't have an explanation for what I just saw. And so I feel like I can't let it slide all the way one way where it's like, again, I feel like I'm boxed in. And like, I have to leave some room for things that I don't fully understand. And, so um, this medical, is where the medical side is really yeah, has this, a hard time with that. This is where the the meme I put out and people felt like I was criticizing energy, which not wasn't my intent. It's why doesn't the mystery and the looking into the mystery via science to get even more questions? Why is that not revered in the culture? Like I'm a big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. And, oh, and I, I see it in Neil. I, I see it in like a, a, a video clip. And it's like, it's, as and I say old, I don't mean Neil is old, but like Neil, he becomes like a child. And he has this two-year-old's like inquisitiveness about the universe, even though he's an astrophysicist. Yeah. It's like, yep. that's the thing that we need in the bodywork community. The dermoneuromodulating community does some like, you know, like for me, I'm like, I'm going to become the Bill Nye, the science guy of the massage community. I want to become like the Alton Brown of the massage community, teach people food chemistry. Like, but teach it in a way that's fun, that like puts the information out in a way that people can understand. The science doesn't dampen the mystery. No, 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 no. The science makes the mystery blossom because we refine like, how does this work? The real mystery of like, it's like, uh, students, I'm a teacher, like they want a protocol and I'm like, there is no protocol to teach you human connection. No. And no, if you, if you want to do good work, damn sure. connect with the client, communicate with yep. them, find out like it, Maud, Maud is 70 years old. They do this all the time. The students are like, what do you get somebody who can't get on a mat? I'm like, I find a table and I go, Maud, come lay down on the table. And I work with Maud. And Maud is like, oh, you're just like my grandson. Thank you so much. I feel so nice. And I'm doing lighter <laughs> compressions and some mobilization and like working with her on her body. And it's like the uh, thing that David Lauderstein pointed out. I remember him bringing this up at one point. He's a great local uh, school owner and educator. 
Um, David Lauderstein, according to research studies, the number one factor that determined whether or not a client improved was how they felt about the therapist. Yep. I w that's one of those things that I will get I will get burned for saying so many times yeah. is that people want to, people want to believe that it's technique and it's some kind of magic stuff medical or not that's coming out of their hands and it's like it's just not most of your session eighty percent maybe more is just how you are with that person being able to listen and being real with them. Yeah. Like having a true, like, I hate the term therapeutic connection because it just sounds so sterile to me. It's just being a real goddamn human with another human being. People seem to have forgotten how to do that. And yeah. it's like, well, I, I think, you know, it, it, feel better. our industry is, is overly sexualized and you just from our conversation. So like the connection, right? Like, yeah, it's very hard to explain to other men in our culture, very touch averse. How could you work yeah. on Josh? And I'm like, what do you mean? It'd be like it'd be like you and I did CrossFit, and it's like we're Boulder Bros. Like I just fist bump you and go, yeah, man, we're gonna work on your gluteals, work on your tib anterior, do an all change. And it's like my Boulder Bro clients, they'll never go home and tell their wives, Robert helps me with my touch needs. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I think for I think for a lot of people, men in particular. Is that it, it's it's like a subconscious thing that they're they're not even fully aware of it. Yeah. It's not uh, it, it's it's a mystery to even them why they're getting some benefit out of it. But I can guarantee you, like I've seen. So I'm I'm a very big man. I'm six foot four and wow. over three bills. Yeah. And when I have someone who is a relatively large man, and I'm suddenly got you know both of their legs up in the air. And I'm rocking them back and forth like a rag doll or taking them and twisting them. There's a thing that they have not had happen in a very long time that wasn't going to be misinterpreted as threat. Yeah. And that everybody, everybody yeah. is, everybody is touch adverse. Yeah. And it is this like the, and no matter how many, how many conversations I have about this is that some people want to keep injecting um, the sexual element into it or keep bringing into it instead of confronting it head on. Oh, so, so it, this and has gotten me in trouble because I, I address it. I'm, I'm a male educator. I address it in class and I've, I've gotten in trouble for it from, from students who don't like the way I discuss it. And we are in my world, we're on the yeah. front lines of intimacy and sexuality and touch. And it is, you know, and they're, they're always, you know, there's always going to be professional boundaries that you absolutely have to maintain because you are working and connecting with someone and you never know when that for that person, you know, it's, I have clients that are friends and people will tell me, oh, that's wrong. It's not. I don't see anything wrong with being friends with my client and talking about real stuff and all this stuff. Does it mean that I also say, oh, it's okay to, if you want to fall in love with a client, you feel yourself going that way, break that, break the therapeutic alliance part of it and pursue that. You may have found your soulmate. I'm not going to tell you not to do that, but I'll see stuff in a forum with like, oh, you can't do anything. Yeah. No, they found a real so connection. The, yeah, the thing is, oh. To me, it's kind of like 
a student asking like, you know, what do you do if you're attracted to your clients? And I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. And, and that, that does happen. But what happens when you're at the supermarket and you're attracted to someone? Like that's a normal, it, we're humans. We find people attractive or unattractive. Like those things happen all the time. You learn how yeah. to manage it in a categorizable way. If I, I like women, well, I like I, having I, relationships I, with women. If women are approaching me from a, like a massage way, I'm like, whoa, that's getting all confused. Uh, what are you doing? Like my work is just as intimate with Joshua. Like I touch him. And, I connect and with him. And that is hard. Yeah. That is hard for everybody to understand, both male and female, yeah. that males can have that, a male therapist can have that same and I will relate it to like, I have kids. I have a connection to them that is the same that I have to some of my clients where I am in a setting where I value and love them in a completely platonic but caring way. I want them to be better for having seen me. And yeah. a lot of times the connection leads you to that. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's people out there right now that are like, ooh, I did a whole video on this. If, like, if a client came in, it was somebody in a forum was like, if somebody came in and just said, I just want to feel loved. And man, the fucking blowback that I saw on people that were like, oh, that's a creeper or whatever. And it's like, this is a person vulnerable and reaching out. And this completely understood, totally get that. But it's still, it, it, at first, I had a visceral reaction of like, and I'm like, why do you even have that reaction to this? This is just a human being. They, yeah. We all want to feel loved. Okay. Yeah. We, we don't, it, it's vital to our survival. Like, it's vital to being our well being as a, as a person. Yeah. Um, and just all that. So, and, and to speak more directly to what maybe what women go go through is that I do sometimes think that that there are certain men that choose not to ever really dive into the bullshit that has, that happens with women too, where they're, you know, this last set of videos I did, man, I had therapists from all over the place reach out saying, you know, thank you for doing this. How can I do this? And it's part of the reason I kept exploring it. Yeah. Um, is that they deal with some of these inappropriate sexual requests or hand, you know, I need a hand job or do you do this or do you do whatever? Sometimes on the daily, man, and I'm like, no way is it this bad. I thought this was like maybe a once a month, maybe a few times in your career. And I got responses like that. But I also got ones that were like, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't so even imagine. From, from my perspective, and just, just very briefly, I understand that it's challenging for women in our industry. Men have different issues. Uh, um, the work that I teach is primarily clothes on. And it's, yeah. it's mat based. It cuts it, it cuts it all off. When you rebrand, and I don't use the word massage, do you still get those phone calls? Think about it, women. Think about it. Mat base, clothes on, you don't call it massage. The traffic slows down for that. And I'm what I'm doing is trying to keep women safe, but they never interpret it that way. They're just like, we don't like him, we don't like what he said. And I'm like, I'm trying to keep women safe. I have a clothes-on form of work that can be performed publicly. It keeps women safe. Yeah. And my my whole thing with this is the uh, – because I actually asked my wife. I'm like, do these – I ran the videos her because I'm like, I don't 
want I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to mansplain something to them because I'm not. I'm genuinely because I have a wife and a daughter, and my daughter wants to be a massage therapist right now. She's only six. And I want her to have the tools to just, if this is still an issue 10 years from now, maybe this will be that futuristic thing. Maybe we won't have it. <laughs> but I want her to have the directness to be like, on my website, just say I don't offer sexual services. Nice big bold print. I thought that was a very like cut and dry thing. And man, I had people like, you can't do that because of SEO. I'm like, you do not know how SEO works. You're not going to outrank Pornhub on this topic because you put <laughs> I do not offer sexual services yeah. at the top of your website. If it was that easy, or easy to rank for something, man, I'd have destroyed everyone by now. This is to do SEO. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is that directness and find a modality where it's not find a brand. I'm going to use your, I'm going to start calling it that now. Find a technique or a teacher that helps you learn a way not to have to deal with it ever again. Yeah. And if you don't want to do that, then you have to get comfortable with being like, dude, up front, I don't do, I don't do penis. Work. So yeah, it, it's a little it. bit, don't it, ask it, me. It's a little bit like, cause you want to keep women safe, but the problem yeah. is you're dealing with the overall culture. So if we went back in time to Martin Luther King Jr. when he was alive and I had a conversation with Martin yeah. and it's like, Martin, we understand that justice is a long arc, brother. Like, how do we help black people today? Not 20 years from now. And he's like, well, I, I think passive, you know, not passive, uh, peaceful, nonviolent resistance is the easiest way to speed up the trajectory of that arc of justice. The problem is when we're yeah. looking at our industry, I can't desexualize people's weird preconceived notions about touch in America. I can work yeah. with individual women to change their practice to create something that it's like massage is what sexualized. PT don't do, deal with that. Chiropractors don't deal with that. Yeah. Stretch lab doesn't deal with that. Nope. Ah, but if you change the name, you see... If I build a consistent enough brand, it goes towards pushing women forward into a service that I think is more safe just because it's avoiding public connotations around what people consider massage. Is cranial sacral therapy sexualized in people's minds? Yeah. No. And that's one of those, not yes, as yeah. an agreement, but yeah. it, 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 you're not going to get, yeah, you, there are certainly ways to. You, to select a service that's going to cut that out. Yeah. I think I actually had a, I think I actually had, I'd have to double check my notes because I started writing stuff down. I think I actually had a cranial sacral, sacral therapist uh, say that she had someone ask them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, but they're And I mean, it's, uh, it's disappointing to me. And at the same time, I feel like that it is a matter of, even if you want to stay in massage, it's just a matter of taking responsibility for re-educating the people who still think that it is it has sexual overtones or should or that it ends this way. I literally know, you know, I have I have male friends that no matter how many times I tell them or how stale that joke is, they'd be like, "Hey man, you giving happy endings yet?" And I'm like. Dude, I no. so yeah, we're, we're not going to put that story on the podcast, but ooh, but <laughs> I make I make very straight men exceedingly uncomfortable. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, it's funny because I have no qualms about the uh, 
Like I'm like, if I was, you know, if the, if the rock was suddenly, the rock is a very, very attractive man. If I was a woman, I'm like, I, I might find myself aroused. If it was Jason, uh, Jason Momoa, or if I'm not probably mispronouncing <laughs> his name. Yeah. Um, or my local firefighter that I have a crush on. I think that there is, and I, I feel like men do it more often, but there is room for, I've seen plenty of women that were, you know, that, that have been attracted to their massage therapist or see them. Well, and it might be, yeah. who knows? Yeah, the it, thing it's, is. It's a broad topic, but it is, where, it is one of those things, I think, just across the board. When I, when I address, yeah, when I address attraction or sexuality in my classes, it's because I think because we're inside the industry, we get this myopic, you know, viewpoint. We're used to interacting with people physically. I don't even have to know yeah. your name. And I can just, I can That's work true. on you. I can work on you for 50 minutes, forget what your name was. And then go, hey, what's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I've just learned to work on people. And it's like you've developed certain uh, boundaries psychologically, emotionally, personally, professionally in touch where I'm able to be nurturing to people all across the spectrum. Um, and, and, and I find it confusing that other people can't, but I have to kind of check in because we just have, you know, I'm not an Amazon delivery driver. Like my job is way more intimate uh, with the people that I'm working with. Like I connect with people for a living. That's what we do. Yeah. No, and it is. I mean, your whole, all of your, all of your money, and I, I would translate that to every avenue of massage. It's like education, whether you're doing it as an educator or one-on-one -on -one as a therapist or doing group classes, your job is to connect and pass along your message back to that thing that we were talking about up top is the, you know, how, how can I do this? So it is. Uh, it's. It's very. It is a very curious thing that happens because, uh, yeah, I think there's. There's all kinds of. And I, and I try to see most things from both sides because sometimes I'm like I'll see things spoken from a viewpoint where I'm like oh, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true either. Um, or like when a spouse is jealous, people ask me all the time if uh, my wife Jen. They're like, well, does she get jealous when you have an attractive client? No. Mostly because she knows I view I view everybody as a sack of meat with feelings. Yeah. Um, it's not you know there, there's never been a question of that. But I'll see. I know a therapist who closed up her practice because her husband, well, boyfriend at the time, was like, "Nope." Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what you do there. I, I wish I had a better answer, but yeah. And that's that thing about Martin. Like, I can't change the overall culture, but I can work with individuals and we can yeah. have a cumulative impact. And that's what I've been fighting for. But because I address it head on, yeah, I can be a little verbally abrasive sometimes. I'm, I'm going to say things you didn't hear in school. And right. like I, I have an, an exceptionally a strong affinity for the, the, the camaraderie I have with men in regards to touch. So I run a, an event in Austin. We haven't run since COVID, of course, but uh, the Time Massage Jam. And the Time Massage Jam was this community bodywork event. Anybody showed up, I just teach them, work with them, share. And it was amazing nice. to me to see people come in from off the street. They're in the yoga community, the acro yoga community, or however they found us. They got some shoulder pain. And it was like, yeah. I, I would kind of work with people and kind of introduce them to the community. And then people start, it's like a dance. 
you don't, if you don't know salsa dance, the people who know a little more teach you. So it was like yeah, I was teaching the public, and then the public was teaching more people from the public as they came in, and people were like, oh, "What I don't," and I'm like, "It's a community bodywork event." What people were really dealing with wasn't just massage; they were dealing with intimacy and connection in a way that was led by a professional educator who was creating a space where we could have that dialogue about what was happening in our culture. Yeah, yeah, creating safe space. Absolutely. And I, and I think uh, one of my favorite things that I ever did, um, you know, I was still confined to a table. So I literally took my table down to a park in the, uh, I think it was the, I think it was fall. It might've been spring. It doesn't matter. It was comfortable outside. And I threw up a little, little sign I had made at Costco and I worked on people at the park. I stood there for probably a solid hour. And then I got one adventurous person. And the entire rest of that afternoon, I had a line at that table. So it was like, you know, it, it takes one person to break the barrier that's sort of sitting there. And then from that point, everybody else is like, yeah, this is this is going to be this is going to be great. Want another business tip for when you're starting a business? If you have an empty table, you need to hire somebody or have one of your friends come in and get on that thing before you set up all the way to where you're working when the busiest time happens, because it will break the barrier. You don't have to stand there for an hour. It took me months to figure that out. <laughs> so what, a, what, a, what do I can't speak? <laughs> what are your, uh, what are your closing thoughts before we finish up here? Uh, oh man, we talked about a lot. You know, just be, get comfortable with disapproval, do some videos, do a blog post, do a podcast. Hell, I don't care if you do the blog post and then you literally just sit there on the screen and just read it to me. I don't care. Put it And then put it on your website. But start somewhere and challenge some of the – expand your mind. Have some – and have fun doing it. Yeah. That's, that's probably my overarching of everything. It's so just my have some fun. formula for success is like, one, what's most fun? Yeah. And then what makes money? And I'm like, when those two points go, oh, right there, right there, you got it. Like that, like, let's disrupt things. (laughs) Yes, yes. And you'll never get tired of it. You might get bored, but it just means you you move around a little bit. It's my favorite thing about all of this is that I'm never bored. Cool. There's always something new to do. So just above you is your YouTube channel. It's the Pain Punisher. That is. And then Side Body Therapy is your website. Yep. And what what was the what was the Facebook group? I didn't put that on the screen. Oh, so it's uh, it's got a long, stupid name. Uh, it's the the what is it? The pain, God, I don't even remember the Pain Punisher Massage Core. Okay. How many people are in that group? I don't think I'm part of that one yet. Uh, probably not very many. Thirty, thirty-five. Oh, okay. It's pretty small. All right. So cool. Yeah, go ahead and look up Josh online. Uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel so you can see his ongoing video content. That's probably going to increase over time if I had to guess. And then uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Josh, if you'll hang out for a second right after I close this out, we'll chat just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but thank you Absolutely. for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, if any of you want to follow me or whatever, I got some of my social media down below. Uh, I'm real active across social media. You can join our subscription service. It's completely free for your first month. We have a private Facebook group that goes along with that. Uh, You can find that in the links down below the YouTube video. Uh, You guys have a good day, and I really want to uh, thank you for coming on, hanging out with us, and participating. Absolutely. Thank you.